Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Squat Cobbler, episode 79. I'm Kelly Tool at K-E-L-L-Y-T-H-U-L on Twitter and Instagram. And I am Mike at Official Pagan on everything, but just follow me on Instagram. Why waste time? And fortunately, due to technical issues, which we may run into more tonight, we'll see, in a variety of things, I've I've been given a certain amount of time to recover from our last review of the uh, last uh, Prisoner Exchange of the Dwarves. And um, what was that album, Kelly? Just in case yeah. people want to go and search it. Smile? Was that? I can't remember. Something. <laughs> blood. I think there's blood in there and there's guts in there and there's other stuff, I think. But yeah, but I think, I think if you do search on Dwarves and Blood and Guts, you'll probably find it. I'm really trying hard to minimize the edits I have to do on this one since I'm, I kind of went through three or four software packages editing the last one. <laughs> but this week, the Doors album, many songs, all very short. And overall, what was the overall time on it? It was like 13 uh, minutes? Yeah, 13 and change. So this one's a little longer than that. Uh, this is a uh, LP by Tony O'K called La Bamba. And it's got five songs on it, so not quite not quite as short. Uh, but we wanted to do a couple of Prisoner Exchange of some shorter albums, and that's that's what we're doing here today. So... I think we will get right to it, and we like to always start off by discussing the album art. So, Mike, if you're walking through the, back in the day when there was a record store to walk through, and you came upon this cover, would, would you stop for a second or not? What, did you think you were in the wrong section? I don't know. See, it's hard to say. The Tony O'K album covers, because since you've introduced me to them, I, I have looked up a few things. It's hard to say because I like them, but I wonder if they would have caught my attention in the way that the dwarves would have. I would say it's a different approach, <laughs> particularly this one, because I'm pretty sure you can't point to any Dwarves album that would say, boy, that's a Disney-esque picture I have there, which is exactly what you get here. You've got a couple of deer, a very almost like it came right off the screen off of Bambi, and in the background, a mushroom cloud. So the deer obviously would have caught my attention. No. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I actually, I really like this. Um, it probably would have caught my attention. I, I don't want to say I'm not a Disney fan because there are things that are technically Disney properties that I really enjoy, like the Star Wars stuff, a lot of the Pixar and Marvel stuff, but the core like Disney, Disney movies beyond like a few of the classics, I wouldn't say I'm a big Disney guy. Uh, so I would have appreciated the melding of the Disney like imagery with the mushroom cloud. And what's very cool about uh, this album is on the back. There's a, a little like logo in the in the center on the back that says Nuclear No Gracias on it, which ties into we'll get to it one of the songs uh, on this album. But we actually got this album when I was in college, and we we fabricated a number of buttons, the Nuclear No Gracias button, and they were quite popular. Very nice, sir. Look at you. The enterprising entrepreneur. There you go. Yeah, we, we gave him away. <laughs> Just go on, be a, be a Tony OK fan. All right. Well, we will get rolling right through here. And the first song on this album is Fool's Talk. And this is interesting because there's a kind of a typically a vibe for Tony OK albums that you saw in Life in the Food Chain and America in particular. This departs from that in a lot of ways because usually it's almost this kind of somewhere between punk and new wave but there's a there was kind of a real kind of grind to the band playing and this is i don't know probably a little crisper uh, a little bit uh, different things there but uh, fool's talk starts off it's got some really significant kind of guitar stuff going on in kind of the big sound kind of way and it's basically a song about people who run their mouth are basically fools uh with i think one of the best lines 
on the album vocabulary seems to be the opiate of the people so that, that's pretty cool but it's a really good strong start to the album your thoughts well we're both first song guys and i think this is a really cool way to start it you brought up something that i was going to touch on so my tony okay experience is very limited compared to yours so i'm glad that you touched on this first as the the resident expert of us it did seem like a little a little crisper a little cleaner and the overall sound. And I kind of wanted to bring that up. So I'm not going to mention the band's name, but there is a band when I was involved in the black metal scene, who was a very prominent, very respected band at that time. And they hadn't put out an album in a while and they put out an EP and the EP compared to their earlier material was, I don't want to say it was clean or slickly produced, but compared to the, the bargain basement recording tactics of their early stuff, it was a gigantic step forward. And it was something they were very proud of because it was something they weren't able to deliver in the early days. And they actually got some backlash from fans who didn't like the slightly cleaner, slightly crisper sort of approach. So as a Tony OK fan, I assume prior to hearing this, this wasn't your, your introduction to him, correct? Correct. So were you off put by that the first time you heard it? Ultimately, I wasn't because of the content of the album. And these are good songs. Uh, and so I wasn't, but I was, I was definitely caught off guard because it was not the sound that I was used to. And it, this is the band on, on this LP are none of the Earl Slick, Nick Van Marth. None of those folks are really part of this at all. It's a brand new band with, I think, some Latin or Hispanic background and you get that you start to get flavorings of that a little deeper into the the album as well so i wasn't put off by it at all but i was and because fools talk it is lyrically tony okay as vocally tony okay but the 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 backing is just it's like well this is this is like a whole different band isn't it well i'm glad to hear because i i do think sometimes bands get and the, and this is weird because i'm going to make like black metal and death metal <laughs> analogies with Tony. Okay. But like a band that I always throw out as an example, and I'm going to say this band's name because I don't actually know them. A band that, uh, I see a lot of people debate about. There's a, there's a death metal band that's been around forever called cannibal corpse. Every cannibal corpse record by and large sounds more or less the same. Like they have a wheelhouse that they're very good at and they stay more or less within that wheelhouse. Rarely do they venture outside of their comfort zone. And it's odd because on one hand, people complain that they're just giving them the same thing year after year after year. But then when they do anything that's slightly different, people immediately call them sellouts. So I do think like artistically, a lot of times fans won't give a band or an artist the space that they need to grow or try different things. So it, I, I was very curious going into this. You as a Tonio fan prior to hearing this, and I assumed this, for some reason that this wasn't your introduction to him. I don't, I don't know if you had told me that previously, but I assume this wasn't your introduction to him. So I was just curious, you as a fan hearing something different going into it, were you concerned? Wasn't concerned because I said the they're good songs, but I was was kind of thrown a little bit. And it is definitely kind of in a different space than anything he's done before but at the same point it, it was it doesn't come across as a kind of transparent attempt to be commercial because this isn't like oh here are a bunch of radio songs although i will argue when we get to the end of this lp that there's there's a song on here that should have been possibly one of the most listened to songs of all time but uh it wasn't a pure commercial play so no i wasn't i wasn't off put at all but it was a little bit disorienting because it, it just didn't have the same nature as life in the food chain or America. Cause I mean, the theme still in general, Tony, Tony o talks about things are going bad and they're getting progressively worse, which is held consistent uh, in this one as well. 
but it seems a, a slightly chippier view uh, or a ch- more chipper view of the world going to hell in a handbasket. Do you think the world going to hell in a handbasket and chippy usually go together? <laughs> not not usually, which, you know, is the, the, the unique charm of La Bamba. And, and I think that that's a good way to put it. It's charm. Like there's a difference between just being blatantly sarcastic and and presenting something like that with charm and i think that that's an important distinction to make with this record and from my experience limited as it might be with tony okay's catalog as a whole definitely agree we come off a fool's talk and there are one and a half covers on this lp (laughs) and we come to the first one now which is politician an old cream song a much brighter sounding version of politician but and i think to me a better vocal delivery by tonio actually he's got a lot of snarl and bark in this and Politician's a great song and, um, you know, talks about supporting the left, but he's leaning to the right. He'll support anything on the face of the earth to wind up on the winning side. Uh, and it's got kind of some really kind of cool staccato guitar in it as well. Uh, different than what you would get from Cream, but still very good. So this was just kind of a good, strong uh, rocker and a good a good cover certainly did uh, a great song justice in a, a tony okay version of it yeah i really enjoyed this song as well like you said one and a half covers this is, this is a little bit of a shorter album so again i'm going to defer to you as the tony okay fan what are your thoughts on covers on albums not a cover album but an album with cover songs on it do you like the inclusion of that or do you ever feel like it's just filler especially on something that's more like an ep so my opinion's kind of grounded in and i think you go back you, what you need to do is go back to what what's possibly the you know the greatest album of all time certainly alice cooper's greatest album billion dollar babies billion dollar babies which, which had uh i don't think love it to death had it oh love it to death had a cover too that's right it did yeah and so but on the on the real number one billion dollar babies <laughs> uh, hello hooray uh, you know where, when someone takes a song and makes it their own and really takes it to a different place and kind of aligns the song into a little bit of their mojo. I think when they do something different and unique with it, I think it's great. If they basically try and replicate it, with just them singing it, I'm not as big, big a fan. So when they, when they play with it a little bit and kind of infuse some of what they're all about, I enjoy it. So I, I don't mind it. I think it's something to be done sparingly. And that's, I don't know, five songs, one and a half of them are covers here. I don't know if it's sparingly so much, but it's worth it because a politician's a great song and the other other one coming up is is a pretty fun addition to the LP as well. I'm okay with it. How about you? I fall into the same camp as you. So if you listen to the greatest Alice Cooper album of all time, Love It to Billy Death. Billy Dara Babies. <laughs> on Love It to Death, the greatest Alice Cooper album of all time, there is a it's cover fine, that, that closes out the album. And I think more than most covers, that really brings the artist's attitude to the song. And I feel like Tony O.K. is one of those artists who, I mean, I I feel like these are well-chosen covers, but I almost feel like he could choose something that was completely out of left field the way that they did, a way that the Alice Cooper group did on Love It to Death, the greatest Alice Cooper album with Sun Arise. I think Tony O.K. is one of those artists who could pick something that was totally left field and still make it his own and still put his, his own stamp on it. So I, I don't think that's the case with this song, but he could have. Yeah, and it fits it fits with the vibe, you know, this song in particular, lyrical content and overall song structure fits with Tonio and fits with his album really well. And then on the second cover, which we'll half cover, we'll talk about here in a second, he just changed the lyrics to be Tonio-esque. <laughs> and that's so that was which was good. Which we will talk about after we talk about the New Dark Ages, which is a really kind of cool title. This you get, this almost feels like it could have been on uh, one of the earlier Tony O'Kay uh, albums. 
but it does have a lot more of that kind of Latin touches to it uh, as well, which is which is not seen in those earlier albums. But New Dark Ages again, kind of familiar territory. It's about things are get things are bad. They're going to get progressively worse. Another one again that features a lot of driving guitar. Another song with a lot of punch to it. You touched on something that I was going to mention with this, whereas I I do think with Tony OK we do get a lot of thematically we're in a lot of the same space here uh, things are bad they're only going to get worse i don't mind it though it doesn't sound repetitive i feel like each song's its own thing it's enjoyable he's not repeating the same thing that he said it's just that you're in that headspace that he's in in each of these songs they sort of all exist in the same world like a marvel shared universe <laughs> the tony okay shared universe indeed <laughs> so the title track la bamba and yes, indeed, but folks, it is La Bamba from a, a musical standpoint and pretty, pretty faithful rendition, I think, overall to that. But it's Tony Hill's lyrics and it ties back to the album cover and all that. And it's just basically about uh, La Bamba being about the bomb and the Ruskies. And he does, he sings it in a very interesting, there's some of it in Spanish, there's some of it in pidgin Spanish, there's some of it in English. And it is just basically taking the song La Bamba and making it about nuclear bombs. Very Tony OK thing to do. <laughs> At least from my experience with him. There could be like a Tony OK gangster rap album that I don't know about. I'm sure I'll get there though. So, as Kelly said, uh, sonically, this is an overall faithful rendition of the classic Lou Diamond Phillips song, La Bamba. But he kills it. <laughs> that, of course, was a joke for the five people who saw that movie. You're welcome, five Lou Diamond Phillips fans. Big Bopper stole the show. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, I, I did want to touch on something with this here. How do you feel? And I think we've touched on this a little bit, but th this is a good moment to bring that back again. How do, how do you feel about sort of social commentary and lyrics? When it's not preachy and it's it's heartfelt and it, and the person's just really trying to express a point of view, when they're really, I guess, not trying to lecture me or win me over or convince I'm wrong, but they're just basically saying, here's kind of where I'm coming from. When it's coming from that space, I don't, I don't mind at all. When it's more of a recruitment uh, effort, to say you need to come come align with that i'm i'm less uh, i find that a little tiresome for me it's really really tough because uh, i tend to look at music as an escape and not that you can't talk about real issues and emotions and things like that but i don't want to have a political debate in a song if that makes sense yep so so like even if i agree with the person like they're they're a political very politically charged artists out there who are very much in line with my belief system that i won't listen to just because I don't want to be preached at, even if it's something I agree with. In fact, if it's something I agree with, I'm even less likely to want to hear it because you're just telling me something I already know. And honestly, if I disagree with you fundamentally, a song isn't going to change my opinion. What I think happens here, though, is he manages to toe that line that you were talking about where it doesn't necessarily feel preachy, it just feels like he's expressing his emotions about something that's going on. And I think that that's something that most artists who kind of dabble in that don't get right yeah and alice um cooper at, at one point and it was i don't know if it was the last political cycle or the one before but he was as we had a lot of rock stars coming forward expressing points of view on on politicians he's like the last people you should listen to ever are rock stars about politicians and billion dollar babies was my greatest album and he said that right at the end too which was <laughs> awesome that it's true though i completely agree with alice there that's there's um i i think i'm i may have i know i've told this story on a podcast before i don't know if it's a squat cobbler podcast i am not a bruce springsteen fan 
There is a Bruce Springsteen song, though, that I am convinced in my head that Pagan would fucking destroy if we played a cover of it. I'm sorry to get us our explicit tag. We would kill that song, though. But I won't do it because even though on the surface there's nothing political or anything in it, I feel like there must be some political message that I just don't understand. I'm just not into that extreme version of politics enough to to understand it. So I'm just missing it and I won't touch it because of that. You're going to reveal the song or you want to just have the people guess and think about I'm gonna, it? I'm going to have agree. people guess. I'm going to have okay. people guess. Fair enough. Feel free in the comment section, folks. By the way, I don't know if Mike and I have mentioned, we'd sure appreciate if you'd subscribe to the YouTube channel so that you can get all this content on a regular basis. But What an uh, awkward place to put it now. I know, <laughs> but it just it seemed like a time. But if they're still here, this is we got a shot because <laughs> if they if folks have hung out this long, that's true. You might say, well, "This isn't so bad." So you know, you can get more of this by subscribing to the YouTube channel or or the blog. So Tonio's got two major. So his his major focus is everything's going bad and it's getting worse. But he likes to mix it up a little bit and likes to sprinkle up some things with emotion and relationships. And it's typically about a relationship's not gone well, and he's expressing himself about it, whether it's in uh, hatred. Uh, where he's pretty pretty clear on that, or I'll buy it on America, which is just a fantastic song. And so he goes back into that. And this, the final song that closes out the EP is Mars Needs Women. And I deeply and passionately love this song. Everything about it is just a marvel to me. It's just wonderful. The It's got this really snaky bass stuff going on it, cowbell. And he's basically talking about, we argue all day, we argue all night, we stand up, sit down, fight, fight, fight. And kind of keeps going on like that. And his suggestion to resolve the problem is that he hears Mars needs women and maybe he should apply. And uh, goes into a great, a great set of lyrics on that. And so it's just, to me, a masterful song. It is is super fun. This is a great one to follow. Now, I, I remember, as you know, um, and I had to actually get the bookmark from Mike Bible Hub. We talked a lot about the book of Proverbs as we as we reviewed the Doors album. That came up a lot. Uh, and uh, Tonio's actual initial musical involvement was around Christian music. And he has a deep, and he's kind of returned back to that now, the, the latter part of his career. But he has a very strong uh, religious background. And that's reflected. You get bits and pieces of it in like the night that the clocks all quit and the government failed and, and those pieces there. But in the lyrics for Mars Needs Women, the, the printed lyrics on the album, there are two sections where there are uh, two sections of Proverbs uh, called out. So the, the, the lyrics in the song are, so I'll go up to the attic or the wilderness is what he says in the song. And after I'll go up to the attic, it talks about Proverbs 21 colon 19, which the, that proverb is better to live in the desert than with a quarrelsome and nagging wife and then, or the wilderness. And then he lists Proverbs 21 colon nine, which is better to live on the corner of a roof than to share the house with a quarrelsome wife. So he took those kind of lyrics. He gave us some proverb connections to it and just another cool layer to how awesome this song is. So I'm sure you picked that up right away, Mike. Absolutely. In fact, the only thing I was going to say where this maybe falls a little bit short of the dwarves album is I feel like the dwarves were able to work their Bible references in a little bit more subtly. Here, do you want me to read you some dwarves lyrics, Kelly? Oh, actually, we're good. We're good. That. You sure. Okay. Folks can go back. Folks can go back and listen to because you do a dramatic reading at the end. Uh, <laughs> That's true. By the way, you would probably want to listen to that on uh, the blog <laughs> versus YouTube because you you won't get much on YouTube because I still haven't got <laughs> the edit done for YouTube. 
but it'll eventually be out there. I love, love, love this song. And at the end where he's talking about, you know, tell Senator to, you know, you should go to Mars and maybe you should apply. He's kind of throwing out these decides at the end, like, you know, take your cool clothes and those kinds of things. I just, I think it's just a magical song. What were your thoughts on Mars needs women, Mike? So I got really weirdly excited for a minute when I saw the title, because in my mind, I was like, is the Rob Zombie song Mars Needs Women a Tony OK cover? And I just didn't know it and didn't put it together until this point. It isn't. And that's not the fault of this song. It's just I built up in my head when I saw that, like, oh, my God, that was a cover of a Tony OK song. I never knew that. And I got super pumped to hear the original version. And then it wasn't that song, which is not this song's fault in any way. That's something I did to myself going into listening to it. But now really, really, really badly want somebody to make a cover that combines elements of the two, like a mashup of the two songs. That would be pretty amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Just for me, just because in my mind for a minute, I was like, oh, my God, Rob Zombie covered a Tony OK song. (laughs) So once I got once I got past the my self-imposed disappointment, I really enjoyed this song. It is, um, we'll include, I, I, I must in the blog post include a link to it. Cause I do, I treasure this song. It's one of my all time favorites. It, it is pure Tonio. Cause this does to a large degree, this pulls back to the first two albums. It's got all the, the Tonio wit and snarl and sarcasm. Uh, so it's good stuff. So that's La Bamba. Well, I, I had one more question for you, Kelly. Sure. Mm-hmm. So if this is Mars Knees Women related, I guess, as well. When we did Alice, now we went through the whole Alice Cooper catalog. And then, of course, we created our playlist and all that good stuff. We haven't done, obviously, we, you know, we've done a couple of Tony OK things here on, on Squawk Hobbler. Now we've done two reviews. Uh, you had a Tony OK recommendation. And then you also had a Tony OK recommendation on nurture and support, correct? I did. So, so you've had some Tony OK stuff, but not like a catalog review kind of thing. So... Wrapping this one up, if you were to do a Tony OK playlist for somebody, though, that it was an introduction to them, would anything from this particular release be on there? And what songs? So 100% Mars Needs Women. 100%. La Bamba would be a consideration, I, I think, as well. And then I think the other songs are good songs, but they would be crowded out by some of the magic that has occurred on the on the first two. Because, you know, how do you not have the Mers Suite? And let us join together in a tune on a Tony OK playlist and hatred as well, of course. Funky Western Civilization, as well as Funky Western Civilization Phase 2, which is on a later release. So so I would definitely, I would have front and center Mars Needs Women. I think it's possibly, it's it's up there. It's probably not the best. I still think the Ballad of the Night that the Clocks All Quit and the Government Failed is his best song. But uh, this is up there. Interesting. So there, there is something for just a teaser for you guys. There's something I want to talk about, Kelly, with off air. And this sort of plays into it. So maybe it'll be something that you guys get to hear in a future Squat Cobbler if Kelly agrees to it. And the best way not to miss it would be to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hey, or, see, that's a much more natural. Yeah, that's, that's just a natural flow. So this is why you, you've got experience in this space. I'm less, I'm less familiar. So well played. I did, you know, while, while still a little stunned admit that uh, while it would, would not have been my favorite of your recommendations so far, I enjoyed listening to the Doors album. Uh, how do you come out on La Bamba? I really enjoyed it. I knew that I would, though, because I already had you know some exposure to Tony OK. So this wasn't a, a shock to me the same way the Dwarves were to you. I mean, 
I feel like content wise, it really wasn't too much of a shock when you saw the cover or the album title, looked at the song titles. I, I think you knew what you were getting in for in terms of the overall content of it. But as far as I know, you had never actually heard the doors before. So you're going into it a, as much of a clean slate as you could be with that. I'm really not a clean slate at this point because now I've I've delved just a little bit into the Tony OK catalog. So I knew that I was going to enjoy it and it lived up to what my expectations for it were. Excellent. Well, we're uh, continuing to plot. Uh, we'll continue to do some prisoner exchange stuff. We're looking at some other other ideas. Mike's had some other ideas we won't be doing. Just want to remind <laughs> him on that. He's, he suggested a few. I've said no. He's not hearing it. Let me just say again on air. No. And um, <laughs> no uh, is just the jumping off point, Kelly. <laughs> so we'll uh, we'll work we'll work some stuff out, but we'll get, have some more stuff coming. Also continuing to work with Mel, there continues to be challenges uh, with uh, her internet connection and storms knocking her internet out and all kinds of things there. But you will be getting nurture and supports as well. Uh, we'll just continue to, to work work through there and put them in where we can. And Mike and I will keep trudging along uh, on the squat cobbler work. So on that note, I'd just like to say thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you, everyone. Uh, uh, uh.